Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. I'm really glad that you're here. Thank you for taking the time to be here this morning. You know, today is Pentecost Sunday. Yeah. And so we remember, we celebrate, and we will. We're not just going to talk about it for a second, but the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh. Pretty awesome. We'll dive more into that in a minute. If you're a guest here, maybe it's your first time, or maybe you've been checking us out for a few weeks, and you just want to engage, the best way to do that, two ways to do that, actually. One is to text the number on the screen behind me, just text hello, and we would love to follow up with you, and uh, yeah, and just be able to answer questions for you. The second thing is, is to, to go to our Next Steps lunch, and that actually is today, um, after, uh, after our time together this morning, we'll have lunch for you down the hill, um, and you can find out more about us as a church family. Um, it's actually a, a two-part deal, so you, the first one we... Uh, let you get to know a bit about us, and then in the second uh, lunch, which would be the following week, um, we, we want to help you uh, get to know you and then help you discover, hey, what is it that you're called to, and how do you live that out in our church family and in the places that God has you? And so we'd love for you to, to jump into those. Um, I think you'll find them not just uh, informational, but actually transformational, and so it's worth being at. Um, we just uh, are wrapping up Love Your City Weekend. How many of you were a part of that? Awesome. We had about 100 people sign up, and during the week, we did some incredible stuff. We were, um, or during the weekend, we uh, had some teams go out uh, on uh, Friday night. We had a team on the square just blessing people, praying for them, sharing the love of Jesus with them. I heard one story uh, of a guy that gave his life to Jesus uh, that night, um, and then even just more cool stories of stuff going on. Then uh, yesterday morning, we had, hey, let's celebrate. Somebody coming into the kingdom's a big deal, right? Yesterday, we had uh, another team that was on the square at the farmer's market, and they were uh, praying for people, blessing them, helping them uh, understand their dreams, and then other folks on the square just praying for people. Uh, Another pastor in town, a friend, uh, sent me a text last night um, just saying how cool it was that um, Sozo had people um, set up across from uh, the uh, like tarot card readers and folks into witchcraft, and that we were able to bless people in the middle of all of that. How many of you know that God's people shouldn't run away from the dark? We should turn the light on, right? I once heard a, a pastor, he, he told his church that there were a, a bunch of folks in witchcraft that were um, cursing the church and everybody got really scared. He said, well, what do you think about the blessings that I give you every Sunday? How many of you know that when we're in Jesus, that we're way more blessed than a curse could ever get us, yeah. Right? So we don't have to be afraid of the dark. We just be the light, turn it on, all right? Um, Then we had uh, some folks uh, working with some nonprofits that we love to partner with, School Fuel. They were cleaning up um, their facility. They just did a whole year of serving kids uh, uh, food for the weekends. Like the, the, how many of you know in San Marcos, um, over 50% of kids are on free or reduced lunch? Here's what that means, is that they actually live at or under the poverty line. It's a significant deal. It's like at least twice um, that of the rest of the state. Um, So it's a big deal. And so school fuel um, helps 
those kids not just have food while they're at school, but actually over the weekend. Um, and so they send uh, food with them for, for them, for their family over the weekend. Um, and so we got to partner with their, those guys, um, cleaning up their facility. We also uh, partnered with uh, Hayes County Food Bank um, for uh, a food drive in the Cottonwood Creek neighborhood. How many of you live in Cottonwood Creek, by the way? Two of you. Awesome. Well, that's great. Oh, there's a couple more there. Y'all should meet each other and hang out. I know we have a handful more couples there. Um, and so they picked up food, and uh, I went to the church office yesterday, and there was a big old thing, uh, lots of food there that we're giving to the food bank. Um, and then we had uh, three teams working on houses, doing some pretty significant work, uh, cleaning brush, removing trees, fixing uh, water issues. Um, we had some of our contractors in the mix, even offering their services, their teams actually jumped in. How many of you worked on construction projects this weekend? Awesome. Thank you. And then we had a team at the, the housing authority, um, one of the, the government housing complexes that we've done stuff with over the years. Lydia, where's Lydia? Lydia is in the back. She's the one that always dances in the back where nobody can see her. Um, <laughs> Yeah, now she's really hiding. She actually works for the housing authority, and so she opened up the door for us to go and put on a block party and connect with a lot of families. Um, I think we may have a family here this morning that we got to connect with, um, and then we got to pray for some folks. We've got some new kids coming to youth because of that, and uh, just cool stuff uh, going on because of that open door. Then we had folks again on the square last night praying for people. They had uh, some pretty powerful encounters with people, just loving on people, sharing Jesus with them. Um, one of my favorite stories is uh, of a young lady who um, has never done anything like that before, and uh, God gave her a picture uh, of an orange, not the color orange, but like actually an orange. And um, so anyway, she found a lady and told her a bit of that, and the lady starts crying because she realized how much God loved her because he sent her to this lady and put it all together. Just incredible stuff. Um, how awesome is it that the Living God, the creator of the universe, loves to partner with us. It's incredible. What an awesome invitation. And guess what? You don't have to wait till next year's Love Your City. You, you could go right away from here. So I think that's really what God's doing is that he's tenderizing our heart to him and, and to the people that he's going after, that we would be in on what he's doing. And what I, here's what I've found is that going to work with dad is a lot of fun. When I went to work with dad as a kid, uh, I was usually sweeping or pulling nails, moving bricks, not a lot of fun. But going to work with our heavenly father is a lot of fun, and it's an, it's an open invitation. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to give this morning, and I want to pray for your finances. Um, and so there, we have three ways to give um, online uh, at those boxes in the back and by text. Text is my favorite because it's the easiest. You just put the number in and it goes. Um, I really feel like we're in a season where God, even in the midst of uh, soaring inflation like I've never seen um, and uh, economic hardship, I feel like God wants to bless his people. And I feel like he actually wants to just pour out favor on his people, not so much just so that we can, you know, live large and be happy, um, but so that we can be a blessing to the world around us. Are you up for that? Yes. Anybody like to just receive blessing? Yes. yes. All right. Well, God, I just thank you that 
You love us. You told Abraham, the father of our faith, that you were gonna bless him, bless us, so that we could be a blessing. And so, Lord, I just release financial blessing in the name of Jesus on our church family. Lord, I thank you that you're a provider, that you see our needs. Lord, I ask, Lord, for those that need jobs, Lord, or increased hours, Lord, that they would have that. Even this week, in the name of Jesus, that there would be breakthrough. And Lord, I thank you um, that you are making a way for your people to be a bright light. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, I want to share a story with you. Um, when I was 18, I went to uh, the beach at Matagorda. Anybody ever been to the beach at Matagorda? It's like an okay beach. It's not Galveston, but it's not, uh, Port- or it's not uh, South Padre either, but it's like all right. So we were hanging out at a friend's house, and uh, my family was there, his family, like there's a, a bunch of us there. And it was just after the 4th of July, so we had some fireworks. And uh, my dad, he doesn't like it when I call him a redneck, so I won't. Um, but he had made a, a potato cannon. <laughs> and, uh, and we had fireworks. And so we thought this would be a really cool opportunity to do some experimentation. So I had the bright idea um, that maybe we could stick a sparkler in the end of a potato and now at night, we've got a tracer around. Greg, you, you've thought this way before, haven't you? Uh, yeah, Greg's probably engineered it. He probably thought through it a little more than me. Wait till you hear the rest of the story. So back uh, behind the beach house that we were staying in, that in fact, we never got invited back to, um, there was what I understood to be a marshland. So it was like, it's swampy. It'll be fine, right? So we stick the potato in with the sparkler, light the sparkler, push the whole thing down. My dad made a really good potato cannon and that thing went a couple hundred yards and you could see it at night. It was like the coolest thing ever. And uh, by the way, this is not my endorsement of like being a pyromaniac like me or, and so it was like, wow, that was awesome. We should do that again. And so we begin to kind of put everything together again. And I, I told my, my brother, just younger than me, Nathan, I said, hey, man, why don't you uh, go look around the side of the house and make sure that we haven't caused a fire? So Nathan walks, and he's you know, casually walking, rounds the corner, and his jaw hits the ground. Well, it turns out that that was not a marshland. It was actually a hayfield. <laughs> And uh, the fire, we almost had it put out at one point, but the wind picked up, and, it, and the fire department just sat there and watched as it burned about 15 acres of field down. Yeah. So I was terrified that somebody was going to prison, but thank God no structures were burned, and so they just let it, let it slide, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know why I told you that story. <laughs> but there you go. There's my confession. Hopefully the statute of limitations is up on that one. Oh, I know why. We're going to talk about fire. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus comes to John the Baptist. And this is 
where Jesus is baptized, beautiful, powerful thing that happens. One of the few times that we see the whole Trinity all together in Scripture. Jesus is baptized. He goes under the water. The heavens open up, and the Spirit descends on him like a dove and lands on him, stays with him. Jesus, by the way, never stopped being God when he took on human flesh. But Philippians 2 tells us that he he surrendered his divine privilege. Why? Because he wanted to be an example for us of what it looked like to be in human flesh empowered by the Holy Spirit. Then the voice of the Father, my, one of my favorite scenes in all of Scripture, says to the Son, to Jesus, this is my dearly loved Son with whom I'm well pleased. And I love that the pleasure of the Father was poured out before Jesus had preached a sermon, laid hands on anybody, done any miracles, because God is not pleased with our performance. He's pleased with our relationship. But before that, and this is what I really want to talk about, is John the Baptist says, of Jesus, that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and in fire. You see, what Jesus accomplished on the cross for us was that he would make us right with God. And not right based on our own performance, but right based on his work. The beauty of it is that he's given you the gift of righteousness. You didn't earn it, and so you can't take it away. That's good news, right? Like some of us are like, well, I gave my life to Jesus, but I started doing stuff, and I don't know if he still likes me, if he's still with me. Let me say, you didn't do anything to get into this other than say yes, and so you're not gonna do anything to get yourself out of it, okay? You can't out his ability to pour out grace on you and maintain your righteousness for you. You get to participate with it and steward it, but it's not something that you earn. That's good news for me. And so, I was going somewhere with that. Oh, yeah. So, what Jesus did is that he made us right with him, and he made us holy and pure. You see, a a lot of us think, we talked a little bit about this last week, that the reason why Jesus came is so that we could go to heaven when we die. Yes, that's a big part of what he was accomplishing. But more than that, he went to the cross so that we could be so pure, so clean, that he could put his very spirit, the spirit of holiness in us, and that we could host him for all of our life. Think about that. Before the cross, if you went into the Holy of Holies with any sort of sin and out of order, meaning you weren't the high priest who was going in that one time a year, down dead. No questions asked. That's it. And all of the sudden, because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, he's made us so pure and holy that we become the Holy of Holies. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's poured out his spirit on you. That's good news. Anybody? Just me? Okay. Joel, that was really good. I'm excited about that. Glad. Me too. I'm just going to talk to myself this morning. Keep preaching. All right. 
And so what Jesus did is that he died for us and then he rose again. And then after preaching on the kingdom for 40 days, he ascended into heaven, sat down at the right hand of the Father. And what we see, if you go with me now to Acts chapter one, we'll skim a bit. Acts chapter one, it says in verse, uh, uh, verse, we'll pick up in eight. It says, but you will receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what Jesus did, he says, hey, I'm going to the Father. He, he, he tells the disciples this in John 16. He says, actually, it's better for you that I go away. Because unless I go away, I cannot send the Holy Spirit to be with you. How many of you would love to walk with Jesus in the flesh? Anybody? That'd be pretty cool. Let me tell you something. You have an upgrade. Better than you walking with Jesus in the flesh is the Holy Spirit inside of you. He says that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let me say this to you. It does not say, I'll explain this, don't throw stones at me. It does not say you will receive tongues when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, let me say this. I, probably not as much as Paul, but probably pray in tongues more than all the rest of you. I'm not anti-tongues. By the way, there's tongues in a few different ways. What we see in Acts chapter two is that they were given tongues so that they could speak in the language of the people that they did not know so that those people could hear them. So it was actually for the purpose of evangelism there. Then we see in 1 Corinthians 14, we see actually two purposes for tongues. One is this, is that you would have, it's what Hebrews calls the, the tongues. This is the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. So you would actually give a word and that somebody else would be able to interpret it and say, hey, this is what's going on. But then it also says this in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, anybody who prays in tongues edifies himself. The purpose of tongues is actually, as a, as a prayer language, actually builds you up on the inside. It's really cool. Let me say this. When I said in Acts 1-8 that it, it says that you'll receive power from on high, that power is divine power inside of you. The reason why it doesn't say tongues is because it's way bigger than that. And sometimes we've made it into this small thing. I believe this, when you get the Holy Spirit, you have access to tongues. Maybe some of you have never experienced that, but you actually get divine access to that, okay? It's yours. But what we see in scripture is that sometimes when the Holy Spirit shows up and falls on people for the first time, sometimes the response is tongues and they can't help it. It just comes out of them. By the way, that's not the only way that tongues comes. Sometimes you have to open your mouth and participate with it, okay? God's looking for partnership, not for slaves, okay? The other thing about tongues, I didn't even mean to talk about tongues this morning. Here we are. The other thing uh, about, oh, so the Holy Spirit comes on you, and we see other times people just begin to prophesy, we even see it in the Old Testament with King Saul. He's walking, joins this group of prophets. He gets what they got. He starts prophesying. 
the point of the Holy Spirit being on you is that it empowers you to live like Jesus. It gives you power that you did not have before. How many of you know the Christian life is really hard? It's actually impossible. Right? Because the call of the Christian life is to live like Jesus. The only way you can live the Christian life is, that, is if you have Jesus inside you living life through you. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. The Christian life, apart from the Spirit of God, is frustrating and futile. It will wear you out and beat you up. It's called religion. It's miserable. But the invitation of God is that he wants you to host him well. He wants you to receive his Holy Spirit and empower you to live like him. So what we see happen at Pentecost, if you go to chapter two, is that the Holy Spirit is poured out. Now they're all together for 10 days in the upper room praying. There's 120 of them. It's not just the original apostles. There's all of these people, and it's not just the apostles that get touched by God, that get filled with the Holy Spirit. They get baptized into him. It's everybody who's in the room. Here's what that means, is that you have access to the Holy Spirit if you are in Jesus. Crazy thing happens, right? It says that this rushing wind comes in, tongues of fire fall on them, engulf them, and then they, they basically make their way out. Everybody thinks that they're drunk, right? Some of us want to stay dignified, right? You're like, I'll take the Holy Spirit, but in a dose that keeps me dignified. Come on, Joel. Right? Here's the problem. The Holy Spirit is not a thing and not a substance. It's the very person of God. So we don't just get to say, oh, I just want a little bit. We don't, it's not a controlled substance. It's an out-of-control person. All right, we will. We're going. We're going. Give me some time. Can you give me some? Okay. Let's. I love Alyssa. I've missed you just for this. So anyways, uh, so the Holy Spirit's poured out on them. And then they begin to preach. And they begin to preach in the language that people could hear in their own language. People from all over the world are in Jerusalem, and they would just begin to hear. And it says that in that day, 3,000 people were saved. That's incredible. Let me say this. The Spirit of God in you will do a lot of things in you and through you. But one of the primary purposes is so that you can be a bright light. It's to empower you to help God get his kids back. So the Holy Spirit comes on them, and they're transformed. What we see a few chapters later in Acts 4, they start getting some threats. People are starting to be mean to them. Persecution is on the way. And instead of going to social media and complaining about it, and instead of trying to figure out, although I'm not against this, 
instead of trying to figure out political protection, not against it, but what they do, and they don't even ask God to make it stop. What they say is, Holy Spirit, give us boldness. So make, make us more like you, that we could boldly declare with signs and wonders who you are. Now, these are the same folks that were in the upper room, okay? Some of us think, well, you know, back in 1990, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in him. So it was settled then. But here are these guys. They were the original ones, right? And here they are getting filled again. While the Holy Spirit is not a controlled substance, there's always more to him. Until you look absolutely like Jesus, there's more. And so to say, well, that happened one time, it's like, have you been filled today? That's the real question. And here's how you know that you're filled when you're overflowing. Until you're overflowing, you're not full. So then what we see as, it, as the, the story goes on is that, wow, I looked back there and I have a lot more time than I thought I had. As the story goes on in Acts chapter 8, uh, the, the Samaritans get the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles get the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God promised in Joel chapter 2 that I would pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, just a select few, not just Israel, on everybody. And then in Ephesians, in Acts 19, we see the Ephesian church get the Holy Spirit. And Paul asks him this question. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? The response is this. We did not even know that there was a Holy Spirit. Some of us have grown up in traditions where, where our Trinity was Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. And if we did, we thought it was a weird thing that we don't really talk about or that he's not present today. Let me say this. I, I have a high value for Scripture. And, I, and sometimes there, there are false arguments posed. Are, are, are you like a, a word church or a spirit church? It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. Right? Like, it, if you read this the way that it was meant to be read, then it's going to lead you to the very Spirit of God. It's going to say, hey, Acts is not over. Amen. It's the beginning of the story that we're continuing to live out. Yeah. And if you're following the Holy Spirit, then it's going to lead you back to this place right here. On, and so you can't have one or the other. If you're going to take Scripture seriously, then you've got to have the Spirit. And if you're going to take the Spirit seriously, then you've got to have Scripture. Yeah. And what the... What scripture does is it doesn't prescribe all that will ever happen to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. What it does is it describes what it looks like to live full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that you would do greater works than him. There's got to be stuff left undone out there that he's inviting us into 
There's got to be ways that we would experience him and carry him that aren't limited to what we see in scripture. They're not disconnected from the person, the character of God that we know from scripture, but there's more out there than, than has been lived. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit empowers us. Here's a bit about what the Holy Spirit does. Galatians chapter four says that the Holy Spirit is our mark of sonship. It's our promise of adoption. So the Holy Spirit makes us children of God. That's why Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans, but I'm gonna send my Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is our, is our mark that we belong to the family of God. The Holy Spirit is lived out through the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, the fruit of the Spirit leads us into holiness. You see, the Holy Spirit, that's not simply his name, but that's what he does. He is the Spirit of holiness. So he actually works holiness into our lives. So one of the things that when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and in fire, if the Spirit is what he is or who he is, and fire is what he brings, what happens is as the Holy Spirit comes upon our lives, it begins to burn up everything in us that is not of God. I love what the theologian Gordon Fee says. He says, it seems that if Paul is saying the answer for every problem is the Holy Spirit. You're having trouble with addiction. You probably need the Holy Spirit. You're having trouble with shame. You probably need the Holy Spirit. You're having trouble with your anger. You probably need the Holy Spirit. You see, what happens is, what religion does is it says, clean yourself up so that you can get more of God. But the invitation of God is to get more of me so that you'll be clean. Right? So that all of those things go away. That's why Paul says in Galatians chapter five, verse 16, it's one of the scriptures that I probably quote the most, that if you walk by the spirit, you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. If you've got a flesh problem, a sin problem, the antidote is to walk by the spirit. And that as we walk by the spirit, what we find is that it actually transforms us so that the fruit of the spirit flows from us. By the way, it's not fruits of the Spirit. It's one singular fruit. For some of us, we're like, oh man, I really could use patience. You said that one before? And then people say, well, man, don't pray for patience because then you're going to get an opportunity to exercise it, right? <laughs> Here's the reality. If your problem is patience, or maybe it's self-control, or maybe you're a jerk and it's kindness. <laughs> the antidote is not more kindness. The antidote is, is not more patience. The antidote is not more love. The antidote is not more joy. The antidote is Holy Spirit. You see, because the fruit, the result of the Spirit in me is that I live all of that out. And so any lack is not a lack of the individual peace or characteristic of the Holy Spirit. The lack is that I need to surrender to the Holy Spirit in me. And so it's actually the Spirit of God that empowers us to live rightly. 
fact, I would, I would give you this challenge. When you roll out of bed, before you grab your cup of coffee, well, maybe after, <laughs> even before you open scripture, you say, Holy Spirit, I just want more of you today. Because I believe this, that when we, want, when we ask for more, he loves to give himself away. So it empowers us to live in righteousness. And what we see, we've talked about this a bit, is that it gives us supernatural power. Some of you have spiritual gifts in you that you've never lived out because you haven't been empowered by the Holy Spirit in that way. It's dormant in you. It's like seed in the ground that's never seen water. Some of you have gifts of healing, prophetic gifts. Some of you have gifts to see miracles happen. And the water for that seed is the Holy Spirit poured out in you. Some of you have gifts to see in the Spirit. That you would see all that's going on in the spiritual realm, that there's actually angels here with us. They're actually, the truth is, I, I know this not because I can see, but I know this because I know, is that there are angels. They're like lined up right here. And they're waiting to minister to you. They're waiting for your yes to God, I want more of you. And they're just gonna come and just, oh, you're going to be so blessed. But we have to be willing to say yes. We have to say, God, I want more. I want more of you. I'm not satisfied with what I have. I'm grateful, but I'm not satisfied. I want more. Here's the, the truth. The very best part of the Spirit of God in you and me it's not that I live in righteousness, though that's great. It's not that I lay my hands on the sick and they're healed, though I love seeing that. It's God. You see, sometimes we want more of the Holy Spirit just so we can see stuff. And that's not wrong. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12, I think it's 31, says, to, to zealously, the word there, it's an onomatopoeia. I, I just like saying onomatopoeia sometimes. It sounds like what it's saying or what it means. The Greek word there is zihu, and it's supposed to sound like a kettle steaming after. What it's saying, it's been translated in some translations, lust after. It's like to, to zealously go after spiritual gifts. Some of you are like, oh, don't go after, you've been taught, don't go after spiritual gifts. If God wants you to have it, He'll give it to you. Well, usually it's the folks that, well, we're just all biblical. I'm like, yeah, that's not biblical though because it says to actually zealously go after them. And here's why we zealously go after them, by the way. Why we pursue them is that because God's invitation is for us to experience him in the gift. What we find is that actually the giver is greater than the gift. And so we go after him with all that we are because we want more of him and we want to experience him. So I believe that God is a good father and he loves to pour himself out and he loves to be with us. 
Go with me to Luke chapter 11. We'll finish here. We'll sort of finish here. We're actually going to finish with an opportunity just to receive more. By the way, we see there's not a, a prescription for how we receive the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Like we see that the church in Acts chapter 2 is gathered in the upper room and they're praying and, and all of a sudden it actually just falls on them. There's another time when Paul is sharing the gospel. These people haven't even said yes to the gospel and yet the Holy Spirit hits them and they begin to prophesy. And then we see another part in Acts 19 when he's in Ephesus, he lays his hand on them again in, in Acts chapter eight with the Samaritans. He lays his hand on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. So there's not like a, hey, do this one thing. But instead, it's to say, I want more of you. I was with a, a, a new friend a couple weeks ago, and he said this. He said, most of the time, people say that they're open to the Holy Spirit, which means this, that I don't really want him. And maybe you've said that before. Here's, here's uh, my, my example. If when I proposed to Lauren... She said to me, I said, Lauren, will you marry me? It's Hilltop in Wimberley. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. It was actually cover, sun, sunrise, so we were up early. Um, it's supposed to be a beautiful day, but it was all covered in fog, and so it was actually quite the gloomy day, but we had a bright light. <laughs> so uh, we were sitting on a blanket, so I got up on one knee, totally the wrong way to do it. You're supposed to go down on one knee, but I got up, and I said, hey, Lauren, will you, will you marry me? She responded, I'm open. <laughs> Not really. She said, yes, 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 yes. You see, most of us are like, well, I'm open to the Holy Spirit. Get it? That's, that's not what God's looking for. He'll work with that sometimes. But what he's looking for is not people who are open. He's looking for people who are hungry. I want more of you. I want more of you. All right, Luke chapter 11. Verse 11. Which of, your, of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's not hard. In fact, we don't even receive the Holy Spirit by feeling, though oftentimes comes with great feelings. Sometimes not great feelings. Sometimes it's like you stick your finger in a light socket and you're just getting zapped. But we receive by faith. Some people have wild reactions to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Other people get the very same Spirit all the way and don't feel a thing. But we don't receive the Holy Spirit by feeling. We receive the Holy Spirit by faith. Yeah. But we have to ask. 
we have to say, God, I, I want more of you. I want you, fill me up till I overflow. And what happens when he comes is that he comes, Holy Spirit is who he is, but fire is what he brings. So he comes in such a way that it begins to burn up all of the waste in our life, all the junk in our life so that it purifies us to look like him. It's in that place so often that demons go, that your heart is healed. God wants to pour himself out on you. And he doesn't want to do it just one time. He wants to do it all the time. Would you stand? Just put your hands out just as a posture to receive. It's really about our bodies echoing our hearts. You say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. And just begin to tell him and just to receive. Holy Spirit, I just am hungry for you. Just in your own words, not mine. Say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Pour yourself out on me. I'm not just willing, I'm not just open, I'm hungry. I want you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come like you promised. Come like you did in Acts 2 in the upper room. Blow on us. We just invite you to come. Fill our hearts, fill our lives till we overflow. Thank you, Lord, that you are just pouring out your power on us that we would look like you, that we would represent you, that we would commune with you, that we would overflow, that we would have your very life flowing in us. Just more of you, more of you, God, till he overflows, more of you. Yes, Jesus, just more. Thank you, Jesus, more of you. Let your fire fall on us and burn up everything that's not of you. We want more of you. We want more of you, Jesus. You're talented, but he's pouring out gifts on you. It's way better than talent. More of him. More of him. Some of you know that you need to physically respond to what God's doing now. There's nothing super sacred about coming to the front, but maybe just in your hunger, you just need to respond and come up front. And I just invite you, the front's open. Our team would love to pray over you. He's generous. He's not holding back from you. He's got more for you. He's got more for you. He's got so much to give you. It's more than you can handle. It's so much life that'll overflow. We're hungry for you, Lord. We want more of you. Mark us with your presence, Lord. Do it again in us. Lord, that we would be a people that turn the world upside down. We just want more of you, God. Come, come, Holy Spirit, and blow on us. Set us ablaze for you. Come, Lord. There's still room up at the front. We want more of you, God. 
Kadarius, he's lighting a fire in you. You're gonna be a bright light. Hundreds of people will come to know Jesus because of your life. David, you haven't seen anything yet. Stay in that place of just asking and receiving. We're gonna worship a bit, but let's just stay in the same posture. Come Holy Spirit, have your way.